0: Story Thirty-Three of Japanese Fairy World: Stories from the Wonderlore of Japan by William Elliot Griffiths. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Noel Padrian. Kai O, oh, the Dragon King of the World Under the Sea. Soon after her arrival at home. The empress Jingu gave birth to a son, whom she named Ojin. He was one of the fairest children ever born of an imperial mother, and was very wise and wonderful, even when an infant. He was a great favourite of Takenochi, the prime minister of the empress. As he grew up, he was full of the Yamato damashi or Spirit of the Unconquerable Japan. This Takenoshi was a very venerable old man who was said to be 360 years old. He had been the counselor of five Mikados. He was very tall and as straight as an arrow when other old men were bent like a bow. He served as a general in war and a civil officer in peace. For this reason, he always kept on a suit of armour under his long satin and damask court robes. He wore the bearskin shoes and the tiger skin scabbard, which were the general's badge of rank, and also the high cap and long fringed strap hanging from the belt, which marked the court noble. He had moustaches, and a long beard fell over his breast like a foaming waterfall, as white as the snows on the branches of the pine trees of Ibuki mountain. Now the empress, as well as Takanochi, wished the imperial infant Ojin to live long, be wise and powerful, become a mighty warrior, be invulnerable in battle, and to have control over the tides and the ocean, as his mother once had. To do this, it was necessary to get back the tide jewels. So Takenochi took the infant ojin on his shoulders, mounted the imperial war barge, whose sails were of gold-embroidered silk, and bade his rowers put out to sea. Then, standing upright on the deck, he called on Kairyu-o to come up out of the deep and give back the tide jewels to Ojin. At first, there was no sign on the waves that Kairu O heard. The green sea lay glassy in the sunlight, and the waves laughed and curled above the sides of the boat. Still, Takenochi listened intently and waited reverently. He was not long in suspense. Looking down far under the sparkling waves, he saw the head and fiery eyes of a dragon mounting upward. Instinctively, he clutched his robe with his right hand and held Ojin tightly on his shoulder. For this time, not Isora, but the terrible Kairu O himself was coming. What great honor! The Sea King's servant Isoru had appeared to a woman the empress Jingu, but to her son, the dragon king of the world under the sea, deigned to come in person. The waters opened, the waves rolled up, curled, rolled into wreaths and hooks and drops of foam which flecked the dark green curves with silvery bells. First appeared a living dragon with fire-darting eyes, long flickering moustaches, glittering scales of green all ruffled with terrible spines erect and the joints of the forepaws curling out jets of red fire. This living creature was the helmet of the sea king. Next appeared the face of awful majesty and stern mien, as if with reluctant condescension, and then the jewel robes of the monarch. Next rose into view a huge heliotis shell in which, on a bed of rare gems from the deep sea floor, glistened, blazed and flashed the two jewels of the tides. Then the Dragon King spoke, saying, Quick, take this casket, I deign not to remain long in this upper world of mortals. With these I endow the Imperial Prince of the Heavenly Line of the Mikados of the Divine Country he shall be invulnerable in battle, he shall have a long life, to him I give power over sea and land, of this let the tide jewels be the token. Hardly were these words uttered when the Dragon King disappeared with a tremendous splash. Standing erect but breathless amid the crowd of rowers who, crouching at the boat's bottom, had not dared so much as lift up their noses, waited a moment and then gave the command to turn the prow to the shore. Ojin grew up and became a great warrior, invincible in battle and powerful in peace. He lived to be 111 years old, and was next to the last of the long-lived mikados of everlasting great Japan. To this day Japanese soldiers honour him as the patron of war and pray to him as the ruler of battle. When the Buddhist priests came to Japan they changed his name to Hachiman Dai Bosatsu or the Great Buddha of the Eight Banners. On many a hill and in many a village of Japan may still be seen a shrine to his honor. Often when a soldier comes back from war he will hang up a tablet or picture frame on which is carved a painting or picture of the two-edged short sword like that which Ojin carried. Many of the old soldiers who fought in armor wore a little silver sword of Ojin set as a frontlet to their helmets, for a crest of honour. On gilded or lacquered Japanese cabinets and shrines, and printed on their curious old and new greenback paper money, are seen the blazing jewels of the tides. On their gold and silver coins the coiled dragon clutches in his claws the jewels of the ebbing and the flowing tide. One of the ironclad warships of the Imperial Japanese Navy, on which floats proudly the red sun banner of the Empire of the Rising Sun, is named Kogo, Empress, after the Amazon Empress, who in the 3rd century carried the arms of the island empire into the mainland of Asia, and won victory by her mastery over the ebbing and the flowing tides. End of Kairu O, or the Dragon King of the World Under the Sea.